the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. You see, it is God's will that our children serve the Lord so they can begin to hear the Lord's voice in the church. Before he heard the voice of God, before he became a prophet, he was serving in the church. I mean, this idea that children have to wait until they're 21 to serve in the church is not biblical. That is just a little bit of what you'll hear today on Reaching Your Heart. Pastor Mike's message today is entitled, The Anointing. That's The Anointing. Now, we'll bring you the first portion today, and we'll conclude this broadcast tomorrow. We hope you'll stay with us. And don't forget that if you miss any portion of this broadcast, you can go to reachingyourheart.com and download a copy right to your personal library or listen online at the website reachingyourheart.com. Here now is Pastor Michael Oxentenko. Father God, we're grateful for Jesus. We're grateful for his grace. We're grateful that he loves us enough to save our children, to save us. In Jesus' name, amen. Every good boy or girl who grows up to be a noble man or woman of God had a mentor who was once a child. It's a fact. And a child can learn to follow God as a child. You don't have to wait until you're an adult to learn to follow God, to give your life to Jesus Christ. And a child can become a man or woman who leads another child to God. A child can witness to another child. Samuel had a stellar mother. His mother's name was Hannah. And her name means grace. She was Mother Grace. She couldn't have a child until she prayed. And when God gave her the child, she gave him back to God. That's what every mother needs to do today. Every mother, every father must give their child back to God for their child to be saved. Samuel's name can mean either name of God or God hears. It most likely means that God hears. One night Samuel was lying on his cot in the sanctuary at Shiloh. He slept in the house of God. And you know, I've noticed that sometimes young people come to church and they sleep in the house of God. Am I right? Yeah. Especially if the sermon's boring. They sleep in the house of God. Let me tell you what my philosophy is on that. I would rather them come here and not off in the house of God than not to be in the house of God. I'd rather them come here and tolerate something that may not work for them and yet get God anyway than get out of here and have none of Him. We've got to look at things in the right perspective. Our children, our young people need to be in church. They need to be learning the things of God, growing in God with a whole heap of tolerance and love from those who don't see them measuring up, right? I'm venting. I just got off my manuscript. I mean, this business that a young person doesn't have the flexibility to be a young person with their faults and strengths is ridiculous. I'll tell you right now, last time I checked it out, when Christ died on the cross of Calvary for my sins, and they're pretty awful, He died for your sins, and they're awful too. No amens. Man, we have have issues here. 
Well, the sins of our young people that they're struggling with, the sins of their youth, aren't any different than the sins of your youth, except that I believe that this generation is a more righteous generation than ours. So we need them in church. We need them doing the things of God, celebrating their victories and not making them feel like they can't measure up when they don't achieve. And they do achieve. And we, we have brilliant examples of this in our worship and our life here in the church. So one night Samuel was lying on his cot in the sanctuary at Shiloh. He was sleeping in the house of God. And the Bible says in 1 Samuel 3, 1, that the people had a hard time listening to God when Samuel was born. I mean, he was born during the time of the judges. He was a young boy when it was right for every man to do what he wanted to do with his own eyes. And it's like that today. It's hard for people in our present culture in this country to listen to the voice of God. Am I right on that? Yeah, it is. And there are reasons for that. Look at 1 Samuel 3, 1. Now, the boy Samuel was ministering to the Lord under Eli. And the word of the Lord was rare in those days. There was no frequent vision. We live in a postmodern world where people are content with stories instead of Scripture. We live in a climate where people don't believe the Bible is truly the word of God and that God can speak through the Bible to them. We live in that kind of a world. We live in a Christian culture where theology has taken the place of Bible study and simple obedience to the word of God has been supplanted by situation ethics. And so it is true today as it was in Samuel's day that the word of the Lord is rare in these days. I mean, if I were today to ask many in this congregation to open the Bible and give a reason for the faith that's in them, I believe I would be sadly disappointed because it would not be done. We are living in a day when men and women must become men and women of God in the church. When the study of the Bible must replace the DVD rack or the home entertainment system. When God's word must motivate his people to love the church, to be obedient, and to share a Christ crucified and risen with the world. I mean, this time for coasting in Christianity must come to an end for the people of God to stand on Mount Zion wrapped in the righteousness of Christ. So we do not have time to live like generations before have. It is time to arise and live for Jesus Christ. But our day is very much like the days of the judges. And there are voices in the Christian world today calling the Christian church to direct compromise with the word of God, calling them to embrace worldliness as worship instead of surrendering their hearts to God's truth. And so it is true today that every man does what is right in their own eyes and the word of the Lord is rare. Why? Because there is no frequent vision. The Bible says in Lamentations 2.9 that when the people reject the law of God in their personal lives, in time the vision of God fails. We live in a day when skepticism has destroyed millions of lives and taken away the vision of a good future in Jesus Christ. And I'm not talking about skepticism in the world. I'm talking about skepticism in the church. I'm talking about the very place where Christ should be boldly proclaimed, where faith should be such that we can speak of Christ without shame, that we don't have to apologize for the teachings of the Word of God. We can mix them with the love of God and proclaim them to the world because we live and we breathe the truth. A different day must come into this world, into this church. We live in a day when skepticism has destroyed millions of lives in the Christian church. You know, the devil likes it when God's people think they're so smart that they don't need the Word of God. Friend, you are not that smart compared to God. Very few amens on that. 
You don't like to feel like you're dumb. But listen, you know what? I'm writing a book on the book of Daniel right now. I've been 10 years kind of working on this material. The breakthrough came for me in the linguistic analysis of the book of Daniel. One night when I was praying, and I remember just struggling with these structures, and I couldn't quite figure out how to fit them together. I knew they were there, the chiastic and parallel block structures, which are the key to decoding the book of Daniel. And I remember one night just saying, Lord, I feel so dumb. I am so dumb. I know there's truth in this book. And I know that I do not have the intellect to get it. And I began to cry. And I was up most of the night pleading with God. And it was in that prayer that a key insight came that opened up the entire book to me. And friend, we don't learn the things of God because we think we're smart, because we are not smart. We learn the things of God because we call on God in our need and we call on God in our ignorance for God to be our wisdom. And there is no way the Christian church today will make it from here to glory unless the Christian church today is motivated by the word of God, by submission and humility to learn from God that which we could never figure out on our own. So the devil likes them. People think they're smart without the word of God in the church. You may have a high IQ, but without Jesus, you're uninformed. We need to listen to the Bible and obey its teachings and to gain the knowledge from the Word of God. And when you surrender to God's Word with a broken heart, why do I say a broken heart? I mean, you, you come to God's Word with this attitude that you're smarter than the Scripture. God's Spirit won't show you a thing. You come to the Word of God and you know you're a sinner in need of grace. You're seeking the living Christ in your life and you pour that out in brokenness and prayer. The living God will reveal truth to you. That's the big difference. So we need to listen to the Bible, to obey its teachings, to gain the knowledge of God. And when you surrender to God's word with a broken heart, that's when you really become wise. One fact in this verse stands in bold contrast to the cold fact of faithlessness in the time of the judges. When the word of God was rare in those days, the text says, now the boy Samuel was ministering to the Lord. You know, I believe we are living in a time when many of my generation, I'm a boomer. All right, how many boomers we have here? Raise your hands high. Okay. Talking to you now. We're, that's right, you. We're living in a time when many of my generation, the boomers, has sold their souls for popularity and ease and compromise. Did you hear me? In the church. In the country. Men and women of my generation, the church, who should have studied the Bible empowered the next generation to follow its teachings, have undermined its teachings and destroyed confidence in the Word of God. I know it because I've seen it. It exists. And what does God do when the majority of the adults in the church today do not walk with God? They do not seek His voice in the Word. When they substitute theology for living faith and a study of the Bible for a personal relationship with Christ, what does He do? Friend, he raises up a generation of young people to replace them if they do not repent. The text says, now the boy Samuel was ministering to the Lord. We are living in a time when young boys and girls need to roll up their sleeves and work for God in the church because many of an older generation, not universally, but it is present, many are unwilling to labor for the church that Jesus died to create. And there's a generation of youth today that will work for Christ and not complain. 
who will work for Christ and not turn their back on the task at hand, who will face the giants and slay them instead of running from them. God is calling on the youth today to be faithful in their tithes and offerings because many of the adults today aren't faithful anymore. Friend, there's a reason why the tithe is a tenth because it represents the Ten Commandments. The principle of the Ten Commandments is unselfishness And so a tenth means you want to keep all of God's law and you have a real faith in Christ. God is calling the children of the church today to be pure and to turn their head away from the silver screen. Now, you can't tell me that most of what Hollywood shows today will ennoble the character of our young people or our adults. Am I right on that? Then why on earth do we act like it's okay? It's not okay. For these children to stand on Zion's ground, there has to be a revival of primitive godliness in the church where we have to know the difference between the world and the world of God's kingdom. And you know, I'm not saying that these things don't pull at us. They do. So let's admit it. But let's take our stand for Christ and draw a line between the sacred and the holy. So to turn off that silver screen, the latest DVD, or the video file that defiles, because many of the adults in the church today watch the things that the children don't need and they don't need either that are displeasing to God. Friend, God is calling on the children to be faithful and to serve the church by doing those duties that need to be done. He's calling on us too because many in the church today no longer believe that serving God is worshiping God. And so when a few hands do the work of God, what happens to those few hands? Well, it becomes heavy and hard for them. Friend, when we work in synergy and energy in the Holy Spirit, When it is not a matter of, well, what can I get away with? What can I do for God? What bold new venture can I take on? Then the church becomes a much more exciting place. This generation represents a generation of doers. We're going to pause for just a moment because I want to tell you about a free gift that we're giving to you right now. It is a gift of a set of Discover Bible Study Guides, and they are absolutely free. These full-color Bible Study Guides are available for you right now if you dial this telephone number, 888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-4673. We believe they will change your life, so call right now to receive your gift of these Discover Bible Study Guides absolutely free. Call right now. We are living in the days of the judges when the children of the church will have to lead us out of the mess that many of the boomers have gotten us into. Am I right on that? You know, it'd be nice if we would lead them, wouldn't it? Did you hear me? If we would lead them, if our example would be such that they would rise to what we are in Christ. You know, in Samuel's day, to make matters worse, the one man in Israel, the one man in Israel who should have been able to see he was blind. The high priest Eli was blind. He represents a clergy that fell into apostasy because they no longer value the call of God in their life. When being a pastor becomes a job and not a calling, it's time to quit the ministry and do something else. Eli's sons became reprobates in Israel. Why? Because Eli was blind and he couldn't see. 1 Samuel 3, 2, at that time Eli, whose eyesight had begun to grow dim so that he could not see, was lying down in his own place. And then it says this in verse 3. Look at the transition. The lamp of God had not yet gone out. 
And Samuel was lying down within the temple of the Lord where the ark of God was. There's so much in these verses. Jesus said in Matthew 6.22, The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eye is sound, your whole body will be sound and full of light. If the eye is blind, your whole body will be full of darkness. Eli was going blind. His physical condition was a metaphor of his life. And his blindness represented the state of his heart that doesn't need the Word of God, that doesn't listen well to God. There was no vision in that day. He should have been the one to receive this instruction from God. And so the word play is in play in 1 Samuel 3, 2 and 3. Eli's eye was dim, but the lamp of God had not yet gone out. And as his light was waning, another light was prepared to shine in his place. The light was Samuel. Friend, if you don't follow God and surrender to his word in your life, God will in time replace you in the church. Did you hear me? I mean it. But I'm not saying it. God's saying it. You are not indispensable to God's cause. I don't care if you're a fourth generation Adventist. You can be the last generation of Adventists if you don't get converted and get back into the Word of God. You can raise up a generation to reverse the evil that you and others have caused, and you can miss the glory of the victory if you don't get on the train that goes to glory. In the story, Samuel wasn't lying in front of an idol. He wasn't playing a video game in the dark. He wasn't glued to the latest application of violence or rolling with the beat of a rap song in his ear from his iPod. That's not the Samuel we find in the story. Samuel was by choice God's boy in a time when young men and women, including Eli's sons, would lie down and lose their virginity at the door of the tabernacle. Samuel placed his bed before the Ark of the Covenant inside the tabernacle. I mean, he knew where it was safe in the church. It was safe from the stuff that was outside the church, even at the door of the church. And only the high priest could enter the most holy place where the ark was. He slept right there at the veil. And that only happened when the high priest would go in. It only happened once a year. He'd go in a cloud of smoke and he had to watch it or he'd be struck dead. It was the most solemn service of the year. Samuel slept right there at the veil. He wanted to be close to God. Samuel was a young boy of prayer. He didn't know God per se at that point in his life, but he was in the motion to know him as a prophet. It was the prayer altar for him in time. And right there is where he laid his bed beside it in front of the Ark of the Covenant. You know, I like to say to the young people, when you get on your knees and you pray and you pray to God before you go to bed in the evening and you, you lie down there, you are spiritually speaking right before the Ark of the Covenant of God and God's presence is with you in the night to awaken you to the morning to do His will for Him. The ark contained the Ten Commandment Law of God given to Moses on Mount Sinai. It contained the Word of God, that which was missing in the time of the judges. I mean, the personal presence of God dwelt above the cherubim that the Ark of the Covenant had, the two sapphire tablets of the law. They were placed inside the Ark of the Covenant. So God's presence was right there. And Samuel was right there too. Samuel felt safe under the wings inside the sanctuary. Perhaps he was aware of Psalms 91. David wrote, He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High, who abides in the shadow of the Almighty, will say to the Lord, My refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust, for He will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with His pinions, His feathers, His wings. These are the wings of the Ark of the Covenant. 
And under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness is a shield and buckler. And you will not fear the terror of the night nor the air that flies by day. Samuel slept soundly in the house of God. And you can too. So Samuel was sleeping one night. That's how the story goes. And God called him in the night. And Samuel answered him right that night. First Samuel 3, 4. Then the Lord called Samuel, Samuel. And he said, here I am. But he didn't know it was the Lord. Look at verse 5. And he ran to Eli and said, here I am. For you called me. But he said, I did not call. Lie down again. So he went and he lay down again. And the Lord called him again in verse 6. Samuel, Samuel. And again he said, here I am. So he went to Eli again. He said, here I am. You called me. But Eli said, no, I didn't. Go lie down again. So he did again. Now the Bible says in 1 Samuel 3, 7, Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, and the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. You see, it is God's will that our children serve the Lord so they can begin to hear the Lord's voice in the church. Before he heard the voice of God, before he became a prophet, he was serving in the church. I mean, this idea that children have to wait until they're 21 to serve in the church is not biblical. They should be engaged in worship. They should be engaged in soul winning. They should be engaged in deacon work, lawn work. Now, Joshua, you're not a young child. You're, you're advancing toward adulthood, but you're not afraid to mow the lawn of the church, are you? No. And there are others like this. I'm telling you, we have to embrace this. But you know, we don't need to just give children jobs and not be around. It said he served under Eli. Now, Eli was technically there. That was the one thing he was doing right. He was at least with Samuel so Samuel could get the job done. We need to be with our children, engage in them. You see, it's not God's will that we just wait for them to grow up and not actively engage them in service for God before they really know Him. It's a good thing for them to hang out and to rest and to serve in the house of God. Saturday, Saturdays here in Reaching Hearts, meaning here, the property, or anywhere, there should be church activities for the youth of this church. All of us. It's not the role of the youth pastor alone to pull that off. You hear me? It's the role of people to help pull that off. And you know, our young people don't like people telling them what to do. You know, we can't have a youth event and then boss them around so they can't use their own freedom to do it. Am I right, Pastor Mike? It's very tough on them. So we got to use wisdom in how to figure this out. Our youth need to be proactively engaged in telling us what works. But we need to be proactively engaged in making sure that events are there for them so they can do things. And, and, you know, the children of the church, I'd like to see them up here more often. I'd like to see the kind of music they do more often. And they sing better than we do. I mean, you don't want to hear me sing, but you want to hear them sing. I'd like to hear them sing a lot. You know, we want every generation engaged, but we let them lead out. Children need to be in church listening to the preaching of the Word. Now, I, I, I believe a child ought to sit with a parent in church, have a Bible in their hand, and study the Word of God as it is being taught in church. We have special events here from time to time. I'm not putting those down. But we must never replace the child's place in worship with anything. In verse 8, the Bible says the Lord called Samuel the third time. You see, children don't get it the first time. They don't get everything as soon as you say it. There has to be repetition. 
And that's to be repetition for every child to learn to hear the voice of God. And that's why we need to keep on teaching the word of God around here. And so he heard it the third time. When Samuel came to Eli the third time, Eli had figured it out that God was calling Samuel. Think about it. The old man who was going blind, whose lamp was going out, who was not in tune with the word of God, was finally figuring out that God was speaking. God could have just as easily talked to Eli himself, couldn't he? He could have been the one sleeping before the Ark of the Covenant with Samuel. Right there beside him saying, maybe we'll hear God tonight. But that wasn't the case. Eli wasn't as close to God as Samuel was. So this time, Eli gave the boy some instruction. Verse 9. Therefore, Eli said to Samuel, go lie down. And if he calls you, and you see the word if. Did you hear that? The word if. He's not sure if God will call this young boy. You can see his faithlessness in that, that statement. If he calls you, uh, you shall say, speak, Lord, for thy servant hears. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. Verse 10 describes the personal God who wants to have an authentic friendship with every boy and girl. God left the wings of the cherubim in the story. He stepped down from the throne room of the most holy place in the story to meet Samuel on his feet, the story says. Well, unfortunately, that is all the time we have for the first portion of the anointing. Today's Reaching Your Heart. We hope you'll join us again next time when we complete this broadcast. But don't forget, you can always go to reachingyourheart.com to listen to this message again. And just for listening, we are very excited to bring to you today a free gift. It's a book entitled Soul Care. And it is an absolutely free resource just for listening today. If you'd like to dial in and get a copy of this free book, here's the telephone number, 888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-4673. We believe this book could change your life, so dial right now to pick up your free copy, 888-244-4673. If you've been inspired by this message and want to partner with us, To further spread these messages and keep us broadcasting on the air, then we welcome your partnership. And you can give a donation of any amount. We thank you for your support. Once again, that telephone number is 888-244-4673. 888-244-4673. Or you can go to reachingyourheart.com. Thanks for listening today. We hope you'll join us again next time for another Reaching Your Heart. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.